What is going on, everyone? It is Mike Caputo, and welcome back to Network Podcast, episode three. We're talking to Holden DePardo. This is iPhone shipment weekend, so we have phones in hand, watches on wrist, and we're going to talk about everything that Apple has in stores available now. Holden, thanks for joining. Happy Saturday. Happy happy iPhone you know, announcement weekend, right? Yeah. Right? It's been an exciting weekend. Uh, Holden, so what did you end up, I guess, if anything, picking up this weekend? I only got a Series 5 watch. I got stainless steel. I'm so jealous. <laughs> you had a mishap with yours, but it's okay. You'll get yours eventually. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's nice so far. I like it a lot. It's um, very much just a Series 4 with an always-on display, which is okay. kind of great, actually, because it feels more like a watch than it ever has. Okay. So the always-on display, I guess the way they explained it on stage is that the face dims and then if there's apps running the apps go to the background or how does that work exactly um so what happens is only the watch faces will kind of dim out like this but if i were to go to like an app i'll show you there i just it just kind of faded there while you were talking yep because so i actually did it on purpose so it fades out but then when you go to an app so i'll go to, to like my activity app the my rings and if i fade it out here it just shows well angle for the camera it shows the app blurred out and then just a digital time right there Oh. So that is like the so that is power, like the power, uh, the power uh, mode. The time, right? Or the power. Cable. Yeah, yeah. It looks very similar to that. The one thing I don't like about that though is that let's say that I got a notification, and I just happened to want to look at the time or look at a complication at that same moment. It will instead of going back to my watch face when I get a notification, it'll show me the notification blurred out with the digital time there. So I like to have to interact like an extra step to see my complications. Okay. I don't know why it does that, but. Minor complaint. Other than that, I, th- I really like it a lot. I'm glad that I, for people who haven't, who don't know, I bought a Series 4 like two weeks ago because my Series 0 kind of crapped out yeah. and I wanted to get a watch again. And I'm like, well, it'll be a huge jump to go to Series 4. And I can't imagine Series 5 is going to be that amazing. And fortunately, I was allowed to return my Series 4 the day I got my Series 5 and it wasn't a mishap, but oh. I almost missed it. <laughs> so they actually allowed you to return it to the store uh, and then get your Series 5 the same day. Yeah, past the return date, yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. Very fortunate. Um, yes. And so you have black stainless steel. hmm And what do you think about the finish? I love it. It's so great. So this is one of the things that the titanium, I'm sure, is technically a nicer watch, but I don't care because this the stainless steel blends in with the display much better than the titanium space gray and the aluminum space gray, where it feels like a cohesive piece mm-hmm. as opposed to a darker gray watch with a screen on top of it. I don't know. I just really prefer how the stainless steel in black in particular looks. I just love the aesthetic of it. No other watch I think meets that. No, you're, I think you're, you're absolutely right. What What is a really nice look is the white ceramic with the black bands. They look very, very, very nice. Um, yeah, they look very nice, but unfortunately they're like $1,300 and just a little bit too rich for my blood, <laughs> but, but they look nice. That's, that's, that's all there is. They do. Yeah. They comes with the, um, they have a yellow leather loop band as well. That comes with, it looks really great. Yeah. What I understand is that you actually get two bands inside of you. So you get the leather band and then you, I think you get like a fluoroelastomer band as well. Logic pro just quit on me unexpectedly. Just so you know. Okay. I'm going to reopen do- it up and just. Sure. Don't know what happened there. Yeah. So uh, I, I, 
I unfortunately had a mishap where I ordered the wrong watch. Um, <laughs> so I, I wanted black, uh, black titanium. I got black titanium in the band that I wanted, but unfortunately it has, uh, it's the wrong size. So I got 40 instead of 44, uh, very foolishly. I have no idea. And you know, I was all about 7 a.m. pre-orders. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I get to wake up early, can like breeze through the morning, and I screwed it up anyway. So it, I, I can't believe it. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but at least I think I will get my uh, my watch sometime in the next maybe 10 days. That's not too bad. Um, so have you had a chance to either see the see the new iPhones or go to the store? I have only seen – so when I was at the store, it yeah. was so mobbed. It just I couldn't even get to the table. I was just actually surprised by. Okay. I didn't think it'd be as mobbed as it was. Um, but I did get to see the midnight green. Yeah. And I gotta say, I really don't like it as much as I thought I would. That was yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't like your phone. <laughs> um, the I don't know. It's just it's too. It's the frosted. Gla- it's the frosted glass back or the matte finish on the back of it. Yes. I just don't like that and when i saw it in the keynote i'm like that's a great look that looks really nice in person i thought it looked kind of strange because it has the glossy finish on the glass around the cameras Mm -hmm. but then the matte on the back of the phone and when you compare that to how the iphone 11 looks where it's inverted iphone 11 looks way better it's a personal preference thing it just i looked at it and just said don't like it i just don't like the the way that looks so i don't know I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I thought the Midnight Green would have swayed me to get a pro eventually, but <laughs> nope. So I think it looks I, – I don't know if I like the green at, at this point, but what you know, which is really interesting about the green or about the pro is it's this is much more slippier than slippy, – slipperier? Much more, right? right. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. It's slippy. Yeah, yeah right. Uh in comparison, I think to the iPhone XS and XS Max, like your mm. finger, the only place that it stops is the Apple logo. That's the only place where there's friction with your finger. Otherwise, it's just very slick. And it's all so I'm not someone who uses a case normally. This almost mm. makes me want to, you know, use a case because it's that slick. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the alum or the uh, the stainless steel bands look beautiful, and I love the way that they're actually kind of. Uh, color matched or not color matched but they're the darker color green on here Mm -hmm. they look they look really nice they look really nice so when you were at the store you didn't have a chance i guess see it up close did you have a chance to see the 11 or later on later on okay yeah so not not i went to a best buy later on that day and i was able to see them there but not the apple store because there was no people surrounding the tables but they also have like all the craps around them like the security stuff Oh, so yeah. it wasn't the same as being in an Apple store where I could actually like, hold the phone and it's really the phone. You're tethered or the phone's tethered to the Yeah, cable. exactly. Um, so I like the, I think I like the colors on the 11 more. I also just think I'm a bigger fan of the 11 in general. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if you're going to get a phone, you might as well get the 11 unless you absolutely need the battery life or you absolutely need the cameras. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. The 11 is for majority of people out there. There's not mm-hmm. necessarily a reason to go to the 11 Pro, really, unless you need the battery life or unless you are involved in some type of, you know, profession where the what you produce or create with your phone is largely dependent on, like, how, how you get paid. 
yeah. uh, or the phone is going to be your primary computing device and you know you don't have a tablet or a, uh, you know a home PC uh, that you can use and this is really what you will this is really what you would use all day long yeah the other thing too is and this maybe I'm just I'm ignorant here but I don't get the big deal with the displays I didn't mm. see one in person but like in terms of pixel density yeah I don't think anyone can actually the difference between 326 pixels per inch and 458 pixels per inch. I just don't think anyone can actually do that. And sure, the colors look a little bit better on the Pro models for sure. Yeah. Is that worth 300 extra dollars for some slightly better colors? I just think the 11 is just such a great phone. I just don't even understand why they have Pro models. I mean, I get it to make, you know, they can make more money off of it, I'm sure. Yeah. But and they can do more with it as well because of the, the higher cost. But it's the same processor. It's the same phone. It's it's a great device. So truth be told, right? You're you're a little biased because you own a 10R. I do, right? Uh, and yeah. so you you consciously made the choice not to get the 10S last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, uh, which is t- totally fine. I think that you know the iPhone 11. So I agree with you. Most people can't tell, or I think most people will not be able to tell between 326 pixels per inch and 456 or 458. I think it's it's a you know. Phil said it on stage where it's a lot about aspiration and you want the best product that Apple sells and whether they can tell or not, you know, that's obviously only something that they would be able to, you know, to know, but I think most people can't tell. And I think most people really just want to, they want to be part of that, you know, I don't want to say upper echelon, but they want to be part of, you know, the, the, the pro people using like the better product. No. Yeah. The, the, the limits of what technology can reach at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And which, I mean, may, might make sense for some people, but other people who are getting into this you know, phone, if you're trading up this phone after one year, that might not be the best you know, decision because it's going to be more expensive, right? And if you're not using it, if you're not using the feature yeah. set like, appropriately, uh, it's, you know, you're, you're spending more money than you should. Yeah. One thing, I don't know if I expressed this. I, I think I talked about it in, the, in, our, in our chat. But I, I don't think that I expressed this in the last time we recorded about the phones. Is why is it that the iPhone 11 didn't get four to five hours of battery life improvements when the 11 Pros did, and they are getting those advancements from the same chip? Is the battery really that much bigger? Because that seems like a massive improvement in battery size. When the batteries looked pretty much the same size from what we saw in teardowns. Yep. So uh, last year. So the reason why it doesn't get the improvements uh, mm-hmm. this year because it doesn't ha- it never had 3D touch, and when they removed 3D touch, they made the battery bigger. So that's why you're getting much oh, more okay. battery life because of the, of the hardware component, right? How big the mm-hmm. hardware component is in the device. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, uh, it's like we, I don't think I don't think we wouldn't see these same kind of advancements year over year, right? That that wouldn't no, be, be amazing, uh, though. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. But this is a hefty phone. It, I mean. It I've been weighs, that. yeah. It it weighs much more than, I guess, what I was expecting. Um, Which is kind of nice because I feel like in the Jobs era was like, okay, does it need to get thinner? Are we kind of, are we done with that? I'd rather have better battery life. Like I feel like every like when the iPhone five came out, it's like it's thinner. How's the battery? It's worse. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like. And they've actually listened, which is nice. You're, I think, was it every year since the 6S, it's gotten a little bit thicker? It's gotten a little bit thicker. And I, you know, I think that this is the year where everyone's been, or not every, people have been complaining, you know, I want a bigger phone. I want more battery life. And they actually listened. And the phone is thicker with bigger battery life or better battery life. 
So uh, who knows? And and we even got fast charging. Finally. Finally, right? Yeah, 18-watt <laughs> charger inside of the, uh, uh, the Pro Boxes. Mm-hmm. Just having a thought right now, because they, the, they brought the price of the 11 down 50 bucks. Had they kept the price at 749 and included a fast charger, would anyone be upset or would we get more praise than the price reduction? I think they would have gotten more shit for it. Okay. If they, if they had left it at 750 and given mm-hmm. a fast charger. So I guess maybe, you know, kind of meta, why'd they drop the price? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, like, they're obviously being very aggressive with the pricing. Well, I think just before that point, they talked about a lot of their, uh, a lot of their uh, uh, SSD prices had dropped, even on the iPad Pro, where the, you know, the larger size uh, cost had dropped. So maybe it's about you know, just getting cheaper prices on components and passing that down. Um, maybe they want to be super aggressive and be poised to take over, you know, Android. When I was at the store on Friday, the, he told me that, uh, sorry, he being the salesman or the, uh, the, uh, the retail, they're called retail tax. What was that? No, I was just trying to think what they were called. Uh, the, the person at the store who was selling me the phone told me that he sees more people who are brand new to Apple and, you know, coming from like a, a feature phone into an iPhone or coming from Android than he does see, you know, existing people that, you know, that are upgrading their phone year over year. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd be curious how much it's going to increase now that the 10R is, was it $600 now? Because that's a $150 price drop. That's huge. And I think the phone's still great. Yeah. It's $599. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, 599 Yeah. 599 yeah. Yeah, it was 150 bucks. And they have the 64 and the 128 that got rid of the 256. And I, I'm not sure if, if you uh, had the chance to look at the website, but now, or as of the 10th, all of the phones that they sell, you know, the 8, the 10R, uh, and um, the 11 and the 11 Pro, they're taking trade-ins on all those devices where before you couldn't trade in a device towards a you know, anything other than the current device. Mm-hmm. And then, Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, and so you can get, an, I think an 8 is 449 and they're still accepting trade-ins on, you know, iPhone SE, iPhone 6, all the way up to the iPhone XS Max. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you can get an iPhone for insanely cheap then. They want to put an iPhone in everyone's hand, it seems like. Well, mm-hmm. of, co- of course they want to do that. That's, you know, their, bu- <laughs> their <Yeah>. business. <laughs> but they're willing to... Uh, make trade-offs, right? Where they, which they were not, at least it seems mm-hmm. like they weren't able to make before, not willing to make. So that is interesting. I uh, think they're also, they kind of have to do it because iPhone sales have kind of plateaued. I'm not going to say they, they've dropped, they really, they, but they definitely have plateaued. And to kind of keep that growth going, maybe they have to seek other avenues. Because when the iPhone XR came out, was it within like a month or so, they started advertising the trade-in price instead of the actual price. Yes, and that's another thing. They're they're really going hard with the positioning of trading in your old device. They must be doing some type of you know, rec- either reclaiming the parts or selling them in secondary markets for a reduced cost to increase uh, their you know the number of people that are using their devices. Who knows? I mean, maybe they're selling them in India or in Brazil. Yeah, that would be interesting. So the the phone is 
uh, kind of just shifting gears to the phone. I really like the phone. I think that what the conversation I had with my friend yesterday was I was excited for the first 15, 20 minutes of using the phone. But kind of after that, I was like, wow, this is really like my iPhone XS Max. It's just a different <laughs> color. Uh, and I thought that, you know, year over year, the changes are are not significant, right? At least from, from a design perspective. The device looks largely the same. You have the updated cameras. But I, I can't be the only person that's thinking this. And I think, t- to me, my ultimate iPhone is probably the iPhone XS Max. I think that was the most beautiful iPhone. You know, it was the first generation with the larger size of the iPhone X. And it looked, it looked beautiful. Uh, and this, n- not that it's not beautiful, but it, it just doesn't have the same luster and appeal that that, uh, that, that uh, did. I don't know. I think that they're really going to have to, as the hardware kind of, they inch the hardware, you know, changes incrementally year over year. They're really going to have to sell more people on, I think, sweetening the pie in terms of services like the Apple, uh, the Apple TV plus deal that they have. Oh yeah. I mean, it basically yeah. makes an iPhone. If you were going to buy Apple TV plus at least $60 less expensive, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, but the, the phone works, uh, obviously the, the phone works very well. I think I haven't got enough, uh, enough experience with the camera or not enough uh, time with the camera to really test it out. But last night I took some night, uh, nighttime shots against the Note 10 and it came out, they came out very well or they came out, uh, the iPhone shots were, were very well, uh, very well lit. I don't know if, I still can't find my Pixel to test that, but do you think people are largely dissatisfied with the quality of experience with night photos on the iPhone prior to this? That was always something I remember they were pretty good at was low light photographs to begin with. Yeah. Um, I don't really recall people complaining about that an awful lot. I just think the conversation was amped up when Google showed off nights. Is it night sight, night light? What do they call it? Night sight? Night something sight, along night, those lines. Night bright. I don't know. <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of, sort of the conversation of nighttime photography is going to be got to be better. Um, but I don't know, like for me, I don't, I just don't pay attention to photographs that much because I I take like two, I have two hundred photos on my phone. <laughs> like it's just like not something for me. But um, I was I was really looking at the photos that you sent me between night uh, mode, night mode off, and on the Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, the same uh, same thing. I, I, the differences were pretty marginal to me. Like there's like a car where like. The front of the car was darkened a little bit in the non-night mode version. But when you turn night mode on, you could see the front of the car and, like, the grill on the car. Like, things like that. They're like, I still knew what the picture was beforehand. It wasn't like it was completely black or something like that. I don't know. I um, Not not, not a comment on your photography skills, purely yeah. the technology. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. I see how it is. Yeah. You know, I think it underscores that you know, Samsung, excuse me, Samsung, Google, Apple, Huawei, they're all doing night sight just a little bit differently than one another. And by and large, the result that they're getting with, you know, computational photography, they look the same or they look very similar. It's really comes down, I think, to personal preference at this point where do you like it? You know, do you like the photos being very boosted or very saturated, like how Google's doing it? Do you like it more true to life, like how Apple's doing it? And I don't know if there's really going to be a clear winner 
you know, in the next kind of iteration of Night Sight. Uh, yeah, I think that's just how it is. I think in general, it's just you're never going to get one phone that pleases everybody. You're not going to get one camera that pleases everybody. So there's always going to be – they'll always make their phones different from each other in the, in the camera department just to appeal to different groups of people. Like even the displays. I don't like Samsung displays. I think they are too saturated for me. Um, but some people really love that, and they look at an iPhone screen and man, they go, "Man, this looks so dull and lifeless." And I'm like, "I disagree. I like it. I think it looks more natural and beautiful." It's just, it's all preference. I think the 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 big thing is that when you take a photo on a on a phone with like a, a very saturated display, like a Samsung, and then you view that same photo on another device, you're like, "Wow, what happened? This looks completely different." <laughs> you know, the same because the way that the display is rendering the, the photo. But on the newer Samsung phones and even the OnePlus phones, you have the ability to uh, turn the color calibration to, you know, like P3 or sRGB, excuse me, opposed to, you know, the way that Samsung calibrates it. So that's that's a nice feature, but I understand what you're saying. I think uh, I like that Apple is consistent in the fact where no matter if I look at the phone, sorry, the camera on my phone, sorry, the camera, the photo on my phone, my display, my iPad that photo should look the same because all of those, uh, you know, all of those displays are calibrated to a certain uh, color profile. Mm-hmm. So that is nice. It makes being a photographer and being, you know, shooting video very easy because they're all uh, within sync. Uh, but the only problem is that when you, <laughs> that the only problem is that, you know, now you don't have an external display for your computer unless you buy the uh, the six thousand dollar Pro <laughs> Retina or whatever it's called Pro it's, XDR. Uh, this, this- I think it's just Pro Display XDR, I th- and then yeah, it's the yeah. Super Retina XDR, and you got to get the stand with it as well. <laughs> yeah, six thousand um, dollars. So other than that, I think you know the phone. Uh, I haven't had a chance to use the iPhone 11 that much today, but I, I, you know, this is the Max. I would almost like to return the Max for just the regular Pro. I don't, you know, the, the smaller version. I'm kind of sick of having a, a big phone in my pocket and maybe would appreciate more having the, the 5.8 inch screen over the 6. Uh, 6.5. Yeah, I don't know. I was just being picky. I'm, you see, for me, I don't like those two. I don't like either of those options. I really think the 11, or at least for me, the 10R is just in a perfect middle ground. The, the 6.1 inch display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it is. It, so it it is a good size. I, I agree with you. Um, why do you think they positioned the lesser, t- not the lesser tier, but the, the non-pro version of the iPhone with a display that's in between, you know, the, the, the pro version? I think it's because okay. there's a market for smaller phones, there's a market for bigger phones. And they just say, hey, iPhone 11 is the standard iPhone. If you want an iPhone, that's what you want. But if you want a smaller one or a bigger one, you got to pay extra for that, and that's kind of like a niche that they can okay. rely on to go in those directions and pay an extra three hundred dollars. Because, yep. like my stepmom, for example, has has smaller hands. She does not want a big phone, so she will spend the mm. extra three hundred dollars to get the five point yeah. eight screen. I, I I wonder if it. So we're comparing it in. So I I thought that as well, but I, I wonder if we're comparing it in a silo and that. They made the 6.1 inch screen to appeal to everyone who has 
a five point, uh, sorry, a five point eight or a four point seven inch screen from the old iPhone, you know, six, seven, uh, eight regular and eight pluses, because those were either four point seven or five point eight. And this is six point one as it's supposed to be looked, you know, mm-hmm. as it's you know bigger than the uh, those other screens. I guess it could be a little bit of both for sure. Yeah, because, you know, we're looking at just oh, in this very narrow, uh, you know, this very narrow channel of the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. But majority of their base probably has older mm-hmm. phones, right? And they don't, you know, they're only looking at their phone against um, what's out new, not the other way around. So, okay. Um, so I, I asked you a question before we started. Uh, we'll kind of keep it brief tonight. So knowing that the iPhone 11 starts at 699 and the iPhone Pro 999 and then 1099 for the Pro Max and those devices top out I think at 1349 and 1449 respectively if you get 512 gigabytes of storage monster where do you think that a 5G version of the iPhone would land in terms of pricing now I think relative Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was looking at no, Samsung's no, pricing today. I was having this conversation, and uh, Samsung's phones are about two hundred dollars more. The five G version is more about two hundred dollars more than the the regular uh, LTE version. So now it's at a premium if you want to get five G, and that might just be like the you know the the uh, barrier to entry. But what do you think? So it's going to go one of two ways. We have not seen Apple release a new generation of wireless technologies with the split iPhone. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be all the iPhones are going to have it because it's just, it feels like a very Samsung move to say, hey, we're going to have just this one phone has 5G on it. So you're going to have Apple's either going to do it on all the phones like the 12 will have or whatever phone they release it on 12 will have 5G 12 Pro will have 5G and the Pro Max obviously. Or they're going to make it where the 12 is still 4G LTE and the Pro is what gets LTE or it gets 5G first. I think those are kind of the only two options. But I don't see them doing something where they're like, okay, you have the iPhone 12 Pro and iPhone 12 Pro Max, but the iPhone Pro, iPhone 12 Pro at 5G will be the same starting price as an iPhone 12 Pro Max with without 5G. They'll both be 1099, hmm. and they're going to have this like separate 5G model. I just don't see that as their direction. Yeah, um, I think it's either going to be all the phones or just the pro phones, and they'll be the same prices as usual. Do, do they have that kind of differentiation for? I'm just trying to think. Does that uh, level of differentiation apply to any other their products where you're getting? I mean, it's not even. Well, I guess maybe it's in the, when they had the MacBook and the MacBook Pro. You were getting Thunderbolt three on the MacBook Pro and not on the you know the regular MacBook, right? Yeah, you got USB C, but not Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's that's a good point. Uh, I guess only time will tell, right? Time will tell. Yeah, I, th- I think they can get away with charging extra money for sure. They could, but it's just it's it would muddy up the product line, and simplicity doesn't just go to their products and what's inside the products; it goes into the marketing and the, um, and and, and how their consumers perceive the product line, and if you have they're announcing, you know, what would that be? Uh, an iPhone 12, iPhone 12 Pro Max, iPhone 12 Pro, and then three other versions of the same phones with 5G in it. 
I just feel like that would be kind of confusing. And then you go to the Apple site, and what do you do? Do you have is there like a check for okay? You choose your storage, choose your color, and then you choose if you want five G or four G in your phone. Like are they add another one of those those options. I just feel like it's going to be a headline feature. It could be the only thing they announce is the new phone. Is hey, it's basically it's like a Series Five Apple Watch. It's just the same thing from last year, just with five G included in it. And it'd be a super, it'd be a uh, super cycle phone. Yeah, you're. I mean, I guess that could be. You know, it. Everyone was giving Apple. You know, everyone was, I guess, giving uh, giving shit that there was no five G in the phone, and they were surprised that it didn't have five G. And I guess I thought to myself, I don't know if it's Apple not being ready for five G more than it's the cellular networks not being ready for it. For a, yeah. for a new iPhone, right? They sell 70 million phones a quarter. And can can the southern networks handle that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's definitely a little bit of both, but I think it's more towards the infrastructure side on the southern network not being built out. And to remember too, I mean, when the iPhone, the iPhone, the first one came out, 3G was already available. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like 5G is right now. I mean, 3G was in cities. Yeah, you could use it if you had a phone capable of accessing it, and Apple didn't include it until the next year. And then when four G came around, it took them until the iPhone six, I think, was it iPhone six, to get LTE. Yep. But I mean, iPhone. I think there were complaints about it not having LTE starting with iPhone four, because I think that's when the the four G LTE came out against yeah, the iPhone two. four, I think, and that was kind of like one of the first big 4G phones is like, well, why doesn't an iPhone have it? Yeah. Because Apple's waiting for two things. Like you said, the, the infrastructure to to mature. Also for the modem technology to mature. So that you can have energy efficient modems that aren't going to drain your battery super fast. Because that's a concern, especially when they just announced um, I can't remember who was saying this. Was, I heard overheard someone saying this, that they just announced four to five uh, extra hours of battery life on the iPhones. That's now the standard. They're not going to drop four to five hours off next year. Because they introduced 5G. That's actually a good point, that they would maintain. So so maybe they had to remove Touch ID or 3D Touch, sorry. They had to remove 3D Touch in order to make the battery bigger, in order to fit the 5G, you know, the, the 5G chipset in there and, get the, and mm-hmm. maintain. But arguably, right, if the device is going to be using an extra modem, it's be going through more battery. So they actually have to make the battery somewhat even bigger next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, very interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, Holden, is there anything specific that you want to talk about? Um, I'm liking my iPhone Series 5, and I'm sorry you can't experience uh, it yet. <laughs> so you, you had just a taste of the, you know, the haptics or the haptic motors on the Series 4. Yeah. Are, are the Series 5 much better? It feels the same. Feels the same? It really feels like the exact same watch with an always-on display. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess it, it's a, you know, uh, I, I read a teardown and they said that the, it's the same uh, same system on chip processor on yep. the Series 5. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a little disappointing, but I guess next year you would expect some more significant changes mm-hmm. on the Series 6, right? Series yeah. Six. I, I just feel like it's already really fast. And also, who are they competing against? Yeah, I mean, is the is the Galaxy Watch? Are they really that good? I don't think so. There's no incentive. There's no incentive for them to. The Series Four is was already considered hands down the best smartwatch, and even a year later, that's still the case. 
Because Series yeah. Five is just it's just running laps at this point. I I guess it was a little surprising that you know they talked about making the series you know the Apple Watch more independent from you know independent from the iPhone and at the announcement at least there wasn't a lot of I guess I, I thought there would have been maybe more kind of activity you know, either you know hey if you have an Android phone you can get an Apple Watch now you know what I mean like making it more mm-hmm. appealing to customers that don't have it I've been thinking a lot about that and yeah. I just don't see it happening. And it's not because of tying into the iPhone ecosystem and keeping you there. Mm-hmm. I really think it's a privacy thing. They can control and make sure that health data and all that is secure on an iPhone or an Apple Watch because they make both systems. They cannot do that if they put that health data on an Android phone. Hmm. So you're saying is that there's no repository on Android mm-hmm. For all the health data that the phone, the watch collects. Exactly. And this is kind of an inherent issue with end-to-end encryption is that it's encrypted end-to-end, but at either end, it's not encrypted. So if someone were to hack your Android phone, which, I mean, malware and all that's a problem on Android, that health data could be compromised. And I don't think Apple wants to put their users in the situation. Slight tangent, or slight side point, I think it's the same reason we haven't seen iMessage come to Android, is privacy. They can't keep it as private and secure if it was on Android, is on iOS and macOS. Hmm. Yeah, so that's a good point. I guess I didn't think about the repository for the data. I, I always thought that, and, and I've, uh, now I'm thinking about it, I'm wrong, that the, the data, the health data repository sits on the watch, but it down, it's just collected on the watch, and then it's mm-hmm. put into the health yeah. app. Yeah, so the, the watch really just keeps the, 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 the day that you're, you're in right now. The backlog yeah. of everything else is in the phone. And the computation or the machine learning is done on the yep. phone. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. So do you think, I guess, since it won't, or at least in the short term, there doesn't seem to be some, uh, any type of portability with bringing your, you know, using your your Apple Watch on Android, they dropped the price of the Series 3, but really, what could they do with it? You know what I mean? You think about Series 6, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, it's it's one of those things where like like smart like the concept have about you know iPhone how it's mm-hmm. kind of plateaued feature wise, um, because at a certain point you, you can't keep doing things without just making ridiculous gimmicks, and I think we're gonna get to the watch with that sooner than we did with phones, where I think the future stuff you're gonna see is it's gonna be health features like a blood pressure monitor, glucose tracking, um, sleep tracking, like things like that will be kind of added over time. Maybe some mm-hmm. of those things with just software like the sleep tracking, but it, those are all niche things. And they also have to be careful with that too because they can't make a promise that you should not see a doctor or something like that because you have all this amazing health tracking on your watch. So even they have to walk that line very very finely. So like, I don't know what they can do really besides in, increase the battery life so it lasts a week, you don't have to charge it you know, all the time, things like that. I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. But you know, we said the same thing last year and this year... I literally got the Series 5 just because it had one new feature hmm. that was on display. And so it, it's one of those things where we don't really know. They'll, they'll come up with something, I'm sure. But I think we're going to plateau on feature-wise uh, on uh, Apple Watches quicker than phones. Yeah, and so I guess to that point, the rumors were all about the Apple Watch getting sleep tracking. And it... Nothing. It, it, it's it's <laughs> yeah. not present. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Holden, tell everybody where they can find you at. I am... Uh, 
on Twitter at Holden Tapardo. Yeah. But I'm also on a podcast called At Respawn and Fire, which is like a video game podcast. You break down news, talk about games you're playing. And then I'm also on another podcast called Affable Idiots, which is um, a general anything goes kind of podcast and it's ridiculous insanity. I have my friend Chad who's on that with me and he's super cool, super wacky in the best possible ways. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very entertaining. <laughs> All right, Holden. Well, thanks very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Everyone, thank you very much for watching and listening, and I will talk to you in the next one.